Philo community. It's time for another episode of the Philo podcast. And if you're new to our podcast, our goal is to help you become more effective so that your church can become more effective. And when I say effective, that takes into account, you know, helping you think differently about how you fill your role as a technical artist in the church, but maybe even more importantly, hopefully helping you become a better human. In church this weekend, where I go to church, Willow Creek, the message was from 1 Corinthians 13, kind of the love chapter, if you're familiar with that. And it was just such a good reminder to me that who we are becoming in Christ and exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit more naturally is the most important thing. And you know what? We could have the best mix or understand how to do an amazing alpha key transition, but without love, none of it matters. And so when I think about some of the most challenging aspects of being a technical artist in the local church, more often than not, it's the people side of ministry that trips me up. You know, getting along with people, answering the same question over and over again, uh, not seeing eye to eye with the people on the platform. And that is really where I need Jesus in my life. The technical stuff, while not always easy, I'm wired to figure that stuff out. And dealing with difficult people can really stretch my ability to love others. And this isn't necessarily what our podcast is about today, but this is just a reminder to me of what really matters and what we hope to focus on here at Philo. Through the podcast, through the Philo conference, the Philo book, I Love Jesus But I Hate Christmas is all geared towards more of the people side of becoming effective, not just the technical side. And yeah, all that we do is designed to help us become better people, which not only means better tech people, but better people, period. And our guest on the podcast today is someone who is better people and someone I didn't know until this past Philo conference. Uh, Jesse O'Brien, he's the audio ministry lead at Red Rocks Church in the Denver area. And one of my favorite parts of the Philo conference is the chance to get to meet new people who are doing interesting things at their local church and then getting to share that with all of you. And normally at the Philo conference, I don't get around to all the breakouts to connect with all the breakout faculty and I miss getting to hang out with them. And there was some pretty amazing people, as you know, if you've been to the Philo conference. And this past year, we decided to do something different and we had a gathering for breakout faculty on Monday night before the conference. And I got to meet some great people and spend some time with Jesse O'Brien and his wife, Molly. And the thing I love about the people we have as faculty for the Philo conference is not only are they smart, talented people in their field of expertise, but they are also quality people. And Jesse and his wife fall into that category for sure. So we had a great conversation and I'm looking forward to having you listen in. Here we go. Jesse, welcome. Hi, everybody. And thanks for having me, Todd. Yeah, it's sure. A, I mean, we, uh, we don't go back that far. So at the time of this recording, we've probably known each other like, what, a month or something like that? Yeah. Uh, I think, we met for the first time. Does think, that sound right? I think it's been about a month. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, uh, it's our one month anniversary. So yeah. we're, we thought we'd celebrate with a podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, we met just through mutual friends. Somebody recommended you as a breakout teacher for Philo. And so we're like, yeah, let's do it. And so you came out to Chicago for the mm -hmm. Philo Conference and taught a breakout. And I got to meet you and your wife who came with you. Yep. Yeah, it's great to see like a husband and wife together. Yeah, she uh, she had a good time. It was an excuse to get away from our three kids. So she was about there it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So three kids, how old are your kids? Uh, eight now, eight, five, okay. and barely two. Wow. Yeah. What a party you got going on at it your is, house. It is a party every day and every night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember those days. It's been a long time since I had a almost two-year-old in the house. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, some good memories there. Maybe uh, before we get too deep into a conversation, why don't you tell people like, we already know your name's Jesse, but what do you do? And maybe even your story of how you got to what you're doing today. Sure. I am the audio ministry lead, I think is my technical title at Red Rocks Church. So what, what does that okay. mean? It means that I handle everything audio. So, and everything that encompasses from front of house okay. mixes at all other locations. I do the broadcast mix to just maintaining the gear and keeping it up and running and uh, stable for, you know, okay. service week in and week out. All right. And so how did you end up yeah, at Red Rocks? Yeah. So my background is pretty much all in studio, recording studio. Sure. I started okay. in a, a commercial recording studio here in Denver back when I was okay. 19, believe it or not. And uh, I've been doing that 
at the same studio ever since. So, you know, it was all session-based bands, artists, singles, albums, whatever, kind of walked in the door, books on tape. And then okay. one day in August, I remember it's it was August, forget the actual date, but it was August of 2013. Okay. Tyler Roberts, who's uh, the head worship leader, came into the studio and was like, hey, so we need the classic story of, we tried to go <laughs> online and our mixes just aren't working online. You know, they're just taking okay. a board mix. So right. we need you to mix. And at that time, online was, wasn't nearly where it was today with churches, right? It was, right. you know, yep. some churches had it, but it was really very much an afterthought yep. and kind of a, yeah, yeah, it's a cute little thing online and, you know, sure. They, we weren't even week of, so they would, what they would do is multi-track the service, uh-huh. uh, bring it to me on Monday at, at the studio. I would mix it. I'd send it back to them to mix, um, and then they'd post it the next week. So the, okay. their online was always a week behind. And I did that for Got it. Ooh, for four years. Okay, wow. So it was just a weekly thing. We would, you know, we'd get the Quicksilver delivery service and they'd drop off a hard drive <laughs> and I'd you know, shoot them a mix back. So then in that time, they, you know, they were, Red Rocks was growing rapidly. For sure, yeah. And they were opening up new campuses. So they were in need big time of, of just, you know, people, tech people, everybody really. So right. they reached out and were like, hey, would you do front of house, mix front of house? And I was like, I turned him down twice. I, yeah, he was like, Tyler, man, I, I would love to, but I'm just a studio. I, you know, it's relatively the same gear, but I just, I've never mixed live. It's just not, okay, not what I do. I'm, I'm kind of a studio guy. And he's like, all right, all right, all right. And then, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> a couple months later, he reached back and was like, look, man, we're going to set up this campus. It's right by the studio. It's going to be just like a studio session. Everything's isolated. <laughs> Amps are in an ISO cab. Drums are in a tank. There's no bleed on stage. It's literally, it'll literally just be like a studio session. I was like, all right, all right, I'll do it. Right. <laughs> Did it and ended up absolutely loving it. It's just. Oh, awesome. It was, it's so much fun. It, you know, the thing, there's pressures in both. The thing about the studio is as an engineer, there's pressure on getting good sound and making it sound good, right? It needs to sound, right, right. you know, commercial. So there's a right. lot of pressure on you, the engineer, to make sure parts are kind of there. You know, it's a lot more hands-on. Where live, right, okay. it's kind of like hands-off in a way. Once, once you're set up, it's up to the band and you can just kind of have fun mix, you know, throw some verb on some stuff. And <laughs> in, a, in a lot of ways, it's like, wow, this is, I'm just doing a, a decent rough mix. And it's like, sounds like a million dollars through an amazing sounding PA. So yeah, yeah. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And it was a really nice change of pace and got me out of the studio cave that I spent. Sure. Every day right. In. So I have a quick question. So the yeah. a lot of times in a studio setting, you have, I'll just, I'm going to exaggerate. You have all the time in the world to get the perfect sound yeah. and, you know, the mic in the right spot and, and oh, let's just do that again, you know, or yeah, one more take, yeah. and, you know, till we get it right versus live. You're just kind of like, well, it's, we're, it's starting, you know, we, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, who cares where go. the mic is now? It's like, we're going and yeah. the, the pressures feel like they're radically different. Yeah. And so did you find yourself like really thriving on that adrenaline that comes from kind of the live environment or did it take you a while to kind of get used to the fact that it's go time and it's what whatever happens, happens and we're good with it? No, I, I think you're exactly right. There, There's a different type of adrenaline. You know, it is like, all right, when we, when he, when we hit the gas pedal there and no, there's no stopping, there's no redos. It is what it is. So yeah, it was a lot. That's what was part of the fun for it for me was, you know, in the studio, you kind of don't really get that. Right. You really don't, you know? So it, it was just a blast. I really, really had, had a blast. And the band, you know, Red Rocks at our, the Arvada campus band was really, really good. And it, so it made, it made everything sound better, you know, because right, they're just right, playing yeah. really well. What? You mean the source matters? Come yeah. On. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it was like, it was just like, wow, this is, you know, amazing. And as far as live gigs go versus like the secular world or anything like that, it's, you know, a very cush church mixing is a usually pretty <laughs> cush job, right? Because it's usually most, for the most part, set up. You might have to yep. change an input or two. 
but right, right. it's not like you're cramming five bands in, in late night in a bar with a 10-minute right, right. changeover in between. Right. You know, you and show have to up, load out at the end. Yeah, yeah right. you show up and mix and go home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, which is like, that's the dream, right? So, <laughs> so there's just a lot of benefit. There's just a lot of pluses to it. And, and then, you know, and, and more deeply than that, I sound greedy with all this, but more deeply than that, I I really, really enjoyed the team and the atmosphere. It was just very, very refreshing. Just everybody at the church. And, you know, and I, I grew up Christian, but, you know, in the studio world, there's a lot, a lot, a lot goes down, all kinds come in. And this was just, it was like, wow, like it can be healthy. People can have healthy relationships. There can't, it doesn't have to be a party all the time. It doesn't, <laughs> you know, and, and I kind of rediscovered my faith, you know, in, okay. in this right. whole process, which was probably the best gift that, you mm-hmm. know, the Red Rock experience has, has given me, you know, and it, and it really kind of changed my focus in my life of like, no, I, I should re- actually really be pursuing this. Huh. You know, and it became more than just the job, right? Sure, right, right. So when was the moment where this became more of a, like, well, now you're in charge of audio at all the campuses, yeah. So just to kind of continue, so this, so I started mixing front of house, and then at still at the studio, I did their broadcast a week later. Got it. And then in 2016, or no, 17, the leadership here was like, hey, there's churches that do this week of. Their online is week of, so... What do we need okay. to do to make this happen? And Tyler, the worship leader at the time, I was like, hey, and this was pre-DAW for broadcast, right? This you know, sure, right. still uh-huh. digital console. So I was like, here's the thing. If we go live, live, two things go away. Vocal tuning and drum replacement. Uh-huh. Now this was, you know, back in those days, I would Melodyne all the vocals. So it wasn't even just like an auto tune. Okay. I would actually go in and like, really do it right okay every week so he was like oh we will we can't have that (laughs) (laughs) so we you know we kind of not unofficially we kind of schemed together and we're like all right well here's what we do you know and i told him i was like you got to build a studio a broadcast studio so it needs to be a control Uh room a controlled environment but we're just mixing live yeah but these two things go away and so tyler and i were kind of like all right well let's do this let's just throw a bid at leadership that's just out of what they think it probably probably is uh-huh. <laughs> you know in hopes that well, let's just keep doing the studio thing because it works sure, we right. can fix yeah. things we can <laughs> yeah and they came back and we're like yeah let's do it and we're like oh, oh. okay <laughs> i guess we're uh <laughs> i guess we're, we're doing, doing this <laughs> so then they built the the broadcast room and we started mixing live ever since Okay, and then that, and then I continued to do front of house on on the weekends. Okay, and at that point we did live broadcasts on Saturday nights, and then okay. I would switch gears to front of house on Sunday for the services on Got Sunday. It. Okay, and by this point, were you moving around to different campuses, or pretty much staying at the one campus? I was still staying at the one campus. Got it. I think just because it, I got along with, you know, we, we just clicked as the team here at Red Rocks uh, and myself, we clicked really well. So I started kind of taking over a lot of the youth events and a lot of the YA events and started mixing on the weekdays as well as Sunday, you know. So very quickly, I, I was mixing a Red Rocks thing four times a week at least. Okay, wow. You know, and this was all subcontracts still. So I wasn't even on staff. Sure. So then fast forward, COVID hit. And as everybody was kind of like, what's going to happen with my job and my career? Am I going to have a job? Right. Am I going to be homeless? You know, all that kind of <laughs> happened within a month. And Tyler came to me. He's like, hey, so we want to offer you a job. It was just a easy. I felt really blessed in the situation where in the time where people were losing jobs and losing income and they came to me with uh, an offer I couldn't refuse, you know, and I loved them (laughs) and I loved the team and it, and it, it just was like a godsend. It really was. Yeah. So then I came, became full-time staffed and, uh, yeah. And how long have you guys been back in person in Denver? Ooh. Like were you were you out for like six months and then back at it pretty much after that or yeah I think it was 
Colorado was a little late to the game on coming, being allowed to come back. I think what happened was we, if I remember, there was like a kind of a weird rule that was like, okay, you can have 25% of capacity or 50 people, whichever's more. Right. Or whichever's left, less. Yeah. yeah, So we were like, well, our staff alone just to pull this off is 30 people (laughs) at least, (laughs) you know? So, so for a longest time we didn't have live service because it just didn't make sense. It wasn't worth it. Yeah. And then there's a couple churches in town that went to the Supreme court with it and was like, Hey, grocery stores, you know, why can they operate beyond this stipulation? And we can't, and they won. So then every, then then we opened up and it was masked and we had to spray everything, you know, disinfect everything in between. Yeah, I think it was like eight eight months after it all yeah, went down. Okay. I'd be curious, just from your years of studio experience, like how did that? And maybe you were already in the mode of like making your broadcast mix really great, but did that did anything change for you during COVID, or were you like, oh man, we were crushing it, and now we're like, this is what we're doing. In tandem with the studio, before the church started, the studio owner has a recording truck, a broadcast recording truck. So think of okay, like, all right. you know, think of the big broad TV broadcast trucks that have a full, right? You know, full yeah. room with it, au- like a semi or whatever, just all audio stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we had that going on, and we would do most of our gigs were at Red Rocks Amphitheater here in Colorado. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So anytime anybody wanted to record an album there, we were usually the ones that got the call. So I did a lot of broadcast, actually, live broadcast mixing out of that truck before Red Rocks. So then when we did live at Red Rocks, it wasn't, you know, it was very similar in a lot of ways. Right, right. In a lot of ways, a lot better because it was, you know, we didn't have to start from scratch. Sure. And then do a broadcast that same night. It was, you know, I could build on the mix. I could make it real. I could really kind of fine tune it. So in a lot of ways, it was a lot better. Now, I will say, you know, Red Rocks Online was pretty well established before COVID hit. You know, so it wasn't crazy. It wasn't, you know. But you've been doing something and had something dialed in. Yeah. Pre-COVID, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Pre-COVID. And then COVID hit and all of a sudden it was like, oh, wow. And our online just shot through the roof. You know, I think just some numbers. Pre-COVID, we would average five to 6,000 views a week on our online. Okay. All right. And then COVID hit. And I think the first the first week we did online with with COVID it went up to like 50,000 and then within oh. three weeks, it was like 250,000 views. It oh, just wow. skyrocketed. What? So, you know, we we're lucky enough to say, you know, we were various that we had all the infrastructure to do it. We were doing it every week anyway. Right. So there wasn't much of a change on our end, it, it, uh-huh. you know, so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Now your job is leading audio at all the campuses. Is that a function of like, hey, we really like uh, Jesse's mix, so let's put him in charge of everything? Or, yeah, what was the yeah? yeah how did that transition happen? I think I think a little of all of it. It was it was yeah. We got along really well, and I had become kind of part of the family before I was hired. Right. So sure, okay. I think a little bit was like, what job do we need to create to to make a job <laughs> out of it? You know, that's cool. Yeah, right. And so that that was the role it was like because we had also and we're still struggling and i think every multi-campus church is just with consistency from location to location you know we yeah there is something to say about having just a a somewhat consistent product when you show up to a red rocks location you know right right what what can kind of backfire or, or just doesn't come across very well if you show up to one location and it it's just a completely different service than another location. For sure. You know, we right. we want a Red Rocks look and sound and, and experience wherever you yeah. go at a Red Rocks campus. So that was really struggling. And sound, you know, was kind of number one on what was struggling with that. So they they really did want somebody like what do we have to do to make keep this consistent and keep it a, you know a similar experience from campus to campus so that was part of, that's a bit a very big part of the role actually is just sure keeping. right i did some work at red rocks a few years ago and i was amazed at how similar the experience was 
at each of the campuses at the time. Oh, that's good. Um, that's really good to hear. Yeah, <laughs> just like the, for it. <laughs> um, oh man, yeah, it, I know that it's not easy. And, you know, there were probably some like uh, tricks behind the curtain uh, that were going on. Like I know that one campus was leaning heavily on the tracks. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then it sounded, you know, it kind of had the same sound as everywhere else. And so I think the the one thing, probably more than anything that really struck me, like when I think about, the time I was working with Red Rocks is that I was amazed, like something's going on here that I can't put my finger, you know, it's not about gear. It's not about the mix or the lighting or whatever, but it feels like God is up to something here, which I just can remember thinking, well, like they do these same songs at my church, but it doesn't feel like this. You know, it just, it was a, it was a kind of an interesting experience for me to see, oh, there's, here's a thriving community. You know, I went to three locations, I think. Yeah. And just like, oh, something cool is going on. Yeah. And that's one thing that we've really done, I think, pretty well at. And and it's, it's hard to see. It's hard to detect a lot of times is kept the main thing, the main thing, right? Yeah. Especially in the tech and production world, there's a lot of distractions and there's a lot of ways to put something else before for before Jesus, what we're actually all here for and what we're, right, the whole right. point of what we're doing. You know, and I think because there's, in production, you can, a lot of things can be very tangible and you can meter a lot of things with a very tangible <laughs> score, if you will. Right. With how wealth things were executed and how well it sounded and how well it looked and how good of a camera shot that was. You know, there's a lot right. of things that you can kind of, you know, put on the pegboard. Right. They're, they are measurable. Yeah. Right. That are measurable. And that can get very distracting. Yeah. And I think if you're not careful, you can really start chasing the wrong thing. Right. Right. And I think we've done a pretty good job of keeping a conscious effort on, okay, we want to be excellent. We thrive and that that's a form of our worship is to be excellent at the best that we yeah. can, but that's never going to be in the way of why we're here and what we're here for. Right, right. And leadership and staff from production, from leadership on down in every department, production including, if there's moments where you need to step away and pray with somebody, it's, it, I mean, it's praised. It's never like, well, you, you should have waited until after. And then, you know, it, it's always like, right. go, you know, that, that is why we're here. And that's what's right, important. Right. And I think people around you see that and they feel that, yeah. you know, and, and I think it matters. It does matter, yeah. it, you know, and, and even if they don't acknowledge it, I, because I've been to churches where I'll see something like that happen, where a camera guy will step away and pray with somebody. And that, yeah. those moments are, are the powerful moments. Those moments are the, the, the worth something to take note of like, wow, that's cool. Right. More so than any shot, any light, any, you know, cool performance. Right. Those are the moments that matter. And I think yeah. we we put we really strive to make you know we we still do the job, but we we strive to make sure those moments can happen. Yeah, I think it, there's so much of it that the way we're wired up as production people to see all the little details and be focusing on something completely different than maybe what's actually happening in the room. You know, it's like making sure the mics are working and the reverb's just right or the lights are, you know, that's what we're there for. And it can become, I think, real easy to transpose the, like that stuff that we care so much about as the thing that really matters. Yeah. When, you know, it's like the thing underneath there is what, that's why we're here. And I just made me think as you were talking, I did an event for a, it was a, corporate event in the days of doing virtual events. And we were recording all these people to giving presentations. And a guy, it was like a CEO of some place. I couldn't even tell you what. Anyway, we were, it was late at night and we were all kind of done. And we're like, just as long as we get like a good audio and the picture looks good, that's all I care about. I just want right. to go home, you know? Right. And so he, he does his thing. It's like 15 minutes long. And he's like, so how was that? And we're like, oh man, you crushed it. You didn't stutter once. You know, we got the audio. Everything's great. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but how was it? Like, oh, I wasn't even listening to what you were <laughs> yeah. saying. I, I don't yeah. have no idea. Yeah. And I think I was even talking to somebody just today that they have a volunteer that has been serving every weekend in front of house and they're like, hey, why don't you take the weekend off? Come to church with your wife. Yeah. Like just 
come to church. And the guy came to church and, you know, came to the booth and was like, yeah, I just don't really get anything out of the message. So, you know, maybe if I'm not off, I'll just go to work instead and listen to worship music. And we were just talking about how when you are doing this thing over and over again, week after week, it becomes the thing you're paying attention to and not the like, what's God doing in the room or what is the, what is the message today? And what is God's word have to say to me? Yeah. Not just does the pastor sound good with his, you know, with his mic, you know, is it rubbing something or whatever. Yeah, you know? exactly. We, we just got so focused on the making sure it's executed well that we're missing kind of the point the of content. why we're even there. Yeah. yeah. Which I think it's, it's hard to, because we're, it takes so much energy to worry about those things and yeah. that, you know, it's like, I, I don't have a whole lot left over for what is actually, you know, being said, you know? Well, and I think that's a, that's a good point. I think because all the details kind of jump out in our faces, cause that's what we're trained and, and, and that's what we do. That's what we're trained to look right. for. It's easy to get fatigued. Right. And, yeah. and yeah. which makes it hard to focus on what the message is saying and what, you know, what it's all about. And I think that's why it is important to take a week off and go to church with your wife and really push yourself to remove yourself from the tech, you know, yeah. truly be there to, to receive the message and receive what's being said. And that's, you know, sometimes harder, you know, easier said than done. Oh, for sure. Uh, but I think... I, I think the more you do it, the more, the easier it is to, to kind of let yourself go there. You know, at Red Rocks, I listen to the message on a, uh, from, you know, from one week, five to six times straight. Right, and right. I'll, I would be lying to you if I said that, oh, I, I hear what they're saying every, every, every week, <laughs> yeah. you know? Right, right. I, I'd be lying. You know, there's weeks where I'll listen to this thing six times and I couldn't tell you a word of it. You yeah, know, and, yeah. and I think that's a problem. I, you know, I, yeah. I feel really insecure about that. Or I leave, I leave and mm. I'm going like, gosh, like I really need to spend some time, you know, and that's where all like, you know, cause we have links, private links where we can watch the message whenever. Right. And I'll go back right. and just like, all right, I'm turning everything off. It's done. The work has been done. I don't need to worry about it. Yeah. Let's, let's now actually receive this message that we work so hard on. Right. You know, and, and it takes some effort. It takes some yeah, like yeah. self-coaching of like, no, just sh shut your mind off and, and receive it, receive it, you know? Yeah. It took me a lot of years to figure out that like, you know, nobody cares. <laughs> I, maybe I don't believe what I'm about to say. Nobody cares about whether or not I'm listening to the message or if I'm getting anything out of it. I mean, I think people do care, but no one's going to do anything about whether or not I'm absorbing it or taking it to heart or make taking notes or letting myself be fed. I think we, I think it's real easy. I mean, I did this for years where I gave myself a pass on, you know, church isn't really for me because I'm working it. Yeah. But then I would never do anything about putting myself in a situation where I could be fed. Yeah. Uh, where that I was allowing myself to receive what God had for me that weekend. Yeah. It's easy as a tech person to cop out, just say this is, you know, I can't do it. Well, you know what? No one's going to make sure you're doing you're finding it some other way that's still your problem to solve. Yeah. And I think for a lot of us, it, I mean, we're just too tired to figure yeah. out a new way. It, it really is. And and I think that's it's almost the the humor that God has of like it feels like it's work, right? It feels like all right, for sure. I don't want to deal with this. I'm over it. I've, I've listened to yeah. it a billion times. I, you know, I want to just go do something else. And it's like, yeah, but yeah. when you really take the time and, and effort or, or just put yourself in an environment where you can receive it, it's the most refreshing thing. It just fills you up. It, fill, it makes you not yeah. burned out. It makes you not overwhelmed with the work that had to be done or, or whatever, right? It, it truly right. is a break. And every time, I've never been in a situation where I'm like, I wish I didn't push myself to do that. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, always, I'm always coming back going, wow, I need to do this more. You know, this is really important and it's healthy. Yeah, it's so good. I heard a message a long time ago by Harvey Carey was the pastor's name. And he was saying, he was talking about David, King David was being pursued by King Saul. And so he's like hiding out in a cave somewhere. 
And one of the statements in whatever verses we were reading, you know, Second Samuel or somewhere in there, yeah. and the the verse was David delighted himself in the Lord. And I just the whole message was about the idea of like David took the responsibility to find a mm. way to be filled by God, you know, to, yeah. to put himself in a situation where that would be the case. And I think, I don't know what it is, but like maybe, I don't know if it's a Western culture thing or whatever, but we we abdicate that that responsibility to our leaders. Like you fill, fill me up, you, you do this for me. And really the reality is for, not just for tech people, but for all people, it's like God wants to have a relationship with you. And the only way that's gonna happen is if you're, you know, you're putting yourself you're in those situations. Yeah. yeah, you're willing, you're with him, you're making time for it and not just, you know, like somebody else's responsibility to make sure that happens. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, you're so right. I, I mean, you have to, you know, and, and I don't want to make it sound like, oh, you have to, you know, grit your teeth and put a lot of work in to make this happen. Right. You know, because it's not that. It, it, it's even a little bit of effort. You know, I, I think, I think it, yeah. all I'm saying, I guess, is, if left in automatic mode, it's real easy to forget how to do that. Sure, yeah. And I think being on autopilot is a like a function of life in today's society. It's like so easy for all of us, regardless of what we're doing, to be an autopilot. Yeah. And nothing good comes from autopilot. You know, yeah. it's just like, I'm not gonna grow as a person. I'm not gonna like have healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. I'm like to survive in ministry. Like what, okay, so normal people on autopilot, not a good thing. I mean, tech people, I will run myself into the ground on autopilot. Like another thing to do, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, another event to work on, okay. Just start stacking and it up. Just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, keep, I can do it. I I know I can do it. Uh, I'm gonna save the day. Yeah, if we're not careful and we're not uh, investing in ourselves, yeah, we'll, we'll end up saying, I don't wanna do this anymore, which I don't think is what God had in mind, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree, and that's and you know that's where I'm really blessed. In Red in Red Rocks in general is really, like I said, they did, they've done a really good job of making sure that that's priority for everybody involved. Yeah. So, yeah, you know they're they're very supportive of stuff like that. If if there's like, yeah. hey, I go to Tyler, the worship leader, and say, hey, man, I I just need a week, you know, to be with be with God and go to church with my wife. He's like, take two, take three. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you can like yeah, do, that. you know, make, make that priority. Yeah. I mean, I love that just the Red Rocks seems like a place where they've encouraged it, but you still have to go and ask for it. I mean, it's still uh, not all on them. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, we, we talked about this for <laughs> yeah. a bit, but let's go back. I have a question about something that we were talking about a second ago, which is consistency at front of house. Mm -hmm. I think it's a challenge at a single campus, let alone, you know, multiple campuses. So how do you, you said yourself that you're kind of struggling with how do you do that? But yeah. I'd be curious, what are you, what are the things you're trying to do yeah. to create a, a more consistent mix? So the biggest thing I can say that makes this all work or makes it more consistent, I guess, or the most success I'm, I've had is relationship. Mm -hmm. Relationship oh. with your team. And I say that because, you know, mixing, like a lot of production is, is very much an art, right? It, it's, it's not black and white most of the time. You know, yeah, you, yeah. It, it, it's an art. There's, there's a million different directions you can go with it. They're not really right. I mean, there can be wrong, but, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's, op it's many options of right, you right. know? So how do you take somebody and branch them off in the same direction that you want your ministry to go sonically is, is kind of can be a challenging thing, especially when you get people that are experienced. Right. Because the more experience they have, the more, the more Opinions that they, they have. Yeah. And then this is what I do and I do it well. And that's just what I do. And, and it's an uphill battle to try to get them to change that, um, whether it's right or yeah. wrong. And I'm not saying what they're doing is wrong. It's just stylistically and subjectively different than what they're, they're used to doing. Right. So, right. You know, so it's really, really hard. And, and and if you just come across as like, well, this is what we do, so deal with it or move on, <laughs> right. you're just not going to get very far, and you're going to have a real high turnover with you yeah. know <laughs> with people. Yeah, that's where the relationship comes in, and just you know, I think it's really important to just know your team and know know where they're at in life, not just 
technically, but know where they're at with their family and how they're doing. And because then you gain that mutual trust. And and when you tell them like, Hey, we're, we're really the shooting more for this. They know that it's not coming from that stinks, do it better. They know it's coming from, and I think it's important being open with them. Just like, look, you know, we, and make it kind of a team effort almost, you know, what I try to really be careful on is like, it's never like, all right, I'm going to do a mix at all the locations that's going to be consistent. Follow that snapshot to the T and I don't want you to veer from that ever. Right. Right. You know, and that's, I think an easy approach, an easier approach because it's, it's a little bit more tactile. It's a little bit more like, no, you just need to start from this snapshot and don't move from it. Right, Um, Right. But you'll get results that way. I'm not, you know, you will get results that way, but what you won't get is kind of that pride and enjoyment from your team. You know, you've kind of removed their ability to thrive in a way, you know, to thrive creatively. You've you've kind of just made them a robot and they feel that, right? you know, and, and they're, hopefully they're in it because they love doing audio. They love mixing. So if you're going yeah, I know you love mixing, but I only want you to ever do it this one way. They're going to get right. bored and stale with it. And, and uh, right. you know, you're, it, it's going to be hard for them to, to find inspiration to continue. Right. So that's where it's like, all right, we're, we're the team here. We're, it's our job. It's not my job. It is, but it's our job to make things consistent across the board. So what can we yeah. do as a whole to make this happen? I'm open for ideas. What, you know, what are some things that work really well at your location? What are some things that work well at your locations? How can we bridge these? How can we make it so we're all working as a, as a whole? And that's, I've found better luck with that approach than, (laughs) than the other. And it helps build the team and helps, you know, helps. And that's the other thing is it helps engineer one not just have a better relationship with me, but have a better relationship with engineer two and engineer three and all the engineers at the location. Right, right. You know, so they can kind of, you know, they understand each other also. One of the things that you, from the outside looking in, that you, an advantage that you have is that there's a very defined sound coming from Red Rocks. Like the, with Red Rocks worship and and the recordings that are out there, you have a you can point to something and say this is what we sound like because there's actually recordings of it. Sure. Whereas I think a lot of churches, number one, don't have that. Yeah. But they also haven't taken the time to define. Here what are ten tracks that sound like how we want to sound. Yes. And yeah. everybody listen to these and then let's talk about it. How do we get there? Yeah. I think for so much of it, there's just like no idea other than I don't really like your mix and you don't like mine. And, you know, it's just like, <laughs> right. it's, and it's, the, it's super subjective. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, and you're totally right. I mean, someone actually, after, after my breakout, someone came up and asked me that is how did, how did Red Rocks Worship find their sound, you know? And, mm-hmm. and. I thought that was a really good question because it's one of those un- intangibles, right? It's one of those things that like, I can't tell you a moment. I mean, I kind of can, right? but it, was ne- it wasn't an intentional thing. It wasn't like- and Nobody right, sat down and said, we're going to come up with our sound. This right is now. our yeah. sound. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It kind of- kind of created it it just morphed into into what we sound like yeah and i i was like you know we didn't i don't think red rocks worship at least had a sound until last album okay the not this current album that that we did not things of heaven but the one before that i i don't think okay i think everything leading up to that it was it was very much like Oh well, let's sound like them. Let's sound like them. Oh, I, okay. I want to sound like uh-huh. this. And it was, it was, yeah, it yeah. wasn't. It was very copycat. It, you know, it was like, sure. I, I, let's just do what they do. You know, yep. and there wasn't our own identity. And I think it took that to kind of realize, oh, we just kind of cop. You know, there's sure there's th- which isn't there's nothing really wrong yeah. with that because I mean, even pointing to something and say we want to sound like that is helpful to any audio engineer. Yeah. It is. It is. And it's, it's, it's totally cool to, you know, find inspiration from, from various right. locations. Right. Yep. But it didn't take till that, till we were kind of like, okay, we're, you know what, let's, we're just going to write songs for our church mm-hmm. 
that we feel that is for them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's when it really took a shift of like, I think as a team, we were all, we all kind of like, oh, I don't necessarily care what they're doing over there. I mean, yeah, right, it's cool right. what they're doing. Don't get me wrong. And there's some cool elements, but I'm not, I'm not just, you know, fighting and scratching to get to that location. I, I'm kind of like, no, let's bring it back home. And, and what does the church need? And what do they, what do we feel that they want from worship? And what's going to feed them the most? And and that was where the shift really, really happened. I was like, okay, that's when our identity really started to poke out. And that's where Red Rock kind of was like, okay, this is what Red Rock sounds like. This is this is who we are. We kind of gained right. that identity. And, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard to find that identity. And, you know, when you're a church, both, you know, any from musicians to mixes, it's really hard to find identity for, for artists in general. But yeah. But mix-wise and, and worship is no exception to that. It's really hard to find identity. But that's where you really just have to be true to, you know, what you're doing and just the, the scope behind it, you know. I yeah. will say always find inspiration from other locations. That's totally every, – every artist does that everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. But make it your own. Be yourself. Yeah. Be, you know, yeah. and as a church and as a team and, and even production team – you know, make it your own. That's what really is going to set you apart and make it unique and make it, you know, just your moment with your church. Yeah. And I think it all plays in, right? Because those moments are really infectious. Outside people see that and they're just, they want, they just, it's infectious. People love it. And that's, you know, and those are the moments you and the congregation can truly get in touch, you know, with with Jesus and, and, and really get those moments yeah as a team you get you get better at it but sometimes they're elusive sometimes you just you can manufacture yeah. all you want but they just don't show up and there's times where it's just like you turn the faucet on and it's like wow what what's yeah. different the holy spirit right you know yeah yeah i just love kind of what you said the the idea of you know what you're doing you're not doing for people out there you're doing for what does our church need mm-hmm. and so what do the people of our church need? And so to write songs, worship songs out of that place is so great. But even from a production standpoint and maybe more specifically from a house or broadcast, when you think about it in terms of what do our people need from this mix, which yeah. maybe feels like, uh, you know, kind of like an ethereal, uh, you know, mumbo jumbo thing, but it takes it out of like, what do I want? Yeah. What do I want it to sound like? Yeah. And and put it in the context of what do our people need it to sound like, or right. you know, what does our congregation need right now? I mean, I just think it's so helpful to number one, not care what other people think uh, on Instagram or whatever. You know, yeah. Uh, so I, I'm with you. It's a, it's great to copy what other people are doing, but make it your own and make it your church's own. What do what do what does our church need right yeah. now? Yeah, you know, and, and you're so right because most of the time when I hear people say talk about other churches or you know I really like this that they did here I really like what they did here it's usually a very unique thing that they pick up mm-hmm. on it's not yeah you know nobody's going I really like that they tune the vocals you know yeah <laughs> nobody's saying the, the general st- the the stuff that like. Yeah, everybody, they're saying the unique things. They're they're always picking up on, oh, I really like how that singer, you know, whatever, how that guitar player, he has the sound that he he does and I just haven't heard that anywhere else. Those are the things that people pick up on uh, more so than the standard. Right, right. uh, You know, whatever you want to call it or, or the mainstream approaches. Yeah, for sure. Mixing is so much more complicated uh, <laughs> in community, uh, you know, with a group with a group of people trying to do something consistently with different bands, different locations, uh, and you know, there's Musicians. so much to it. Oh yeah, geez, but there, you know, then it's you know, it's about people and relationships and yeah, yeah being in tune with what is your church about and what do they need, and to have a of a larger view than just like the stuff in front of you yeah. on the console. Yeah. Yeah, which feels so counterintuitive to like, just tell me how to sidechain my, you know, uh, <laughs> um, snare drum gate or what. I mean, I don't even know what I'm saying. Right. But, you know, um, 
Not that that's not important, but it, it definitely there's more to it than that. Right. I li- really like what you said where you're like, you know, it switches from what do I want to what do they need and want? You know, it, it removes mm-hmm. yourself from the situation. One of the things that I, I think every sound guy can vouch for me here is there's all, you always get the, it's too loud, right? The, some, for the sure. person that yeah. comes up to the booth and says, why is this so loud? It's a, it, this is, yeah. you know, 100 dB will for sure rip my eardrums in two. Right. Right. You know, and my, it's real easy to get defensive with that right away. You know, the wall goes up and you're going like, (laughs) are you, you really think you know more about it than I do? Yeah. Right. But I've, I find, and and it's hard to do. I find that it really depends on the mood I'm in. If I'm in in a really good mood, (laughs) I'll, I'll employ, you know, I'll kind of throw, I'll, I'll I'll humor them. Right. And I'll just listen. I'm like, Cool. Like, yeah. what do you, what is what is wrong? Why is it wrong to you? You know, dig in a little bit and and kind of get yeah. in their head on like, what would you do differently? And not yeah. in a in a you know in a smart way, but in a in a genuine way of like, what what is the problem that you hear? What mm-hmm. would you rather have it be like? You know, right, right. And most of the time, it flips it right around, and they're mm-hmm. you know they 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 feel they feel heard. Right. And they feel like there's ownership now. They have ownership yeah. in it. And you probably made a friend in the process. Right. Yeah. And they're going to have now that. a lot more grace towards when it is loud because you had right, a good right. conversation with them. And and a lot of times I find, not always, but a lot of times it flips right around. And, and, yeah. and then that becomes almost the reason why they choose to go to that church because now they have a little bit of ownership of like, oh, well, I talked to the sound guy and, you know, he, I, maybe I learned some stuff and right. he likes my opinion on this and, you know, he's going to try some stuff, whether, you, you know, I, however far you want to take sure, it. But right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the kind of switch that you're talking about of like make it less about what you want and and make it what what they yeah. want. And whether you act on anything that they have to say cuz who knows <laughs> who knows what what you're going to get. Right. But even this the yeah. fact that you're humoring them and you're genuinely going like, "Oh, wow, you know, that yeah, like what would you yeah. how would you see this differently?" Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I just think about all the times I had conversations with people about it being too loud and so much of the time they wanted to be heard and I didn't necessarily have a solution for them, but I would let them understand kind of why things were the way they were, which is also another great reason to know this is what our sound is. This is how loud we want it. Like that those decisions are happening collectively, you know, above you and, you know, with you included that, you know, hey, 100 dB, we've kind of talked that's how that's how we like it here. This is how we're doing it. And, right. and here's sorry why. if that's offensive to you. Right. Yeah. Versus just like, well, it's arbitrarily loud and we don't really have a we haven't talked about it or defined it. And so that's yeah, amazing what defining stuff can really do to help the culture and consistency. Yeah. If everybody knows this is why it's this loud. Yeah. Yeah. And even, you know, and that's where like be honest with them, you know, just be like, hey, you know, at at our other location, we we you know, whatever. I, we struggle with this yeah. loud because there's there's areas that are, are just problem areas, right? And they're right, kind of, right. and then they're kind of like, oh wow, you know, do they just hear variables that they wouldn't ever dream of of knowing existed? Right, right. Maybe try sitting here. It's like five dB less or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so interesting. Because I know uh, when I was at Willow Creek, you know, and, and talking to these people, I'm like that room's so big, we have like our own weather pattern in there. You know, it's like, I can't, I don't know what's going on. You know, in the far Acoustically in every left. location. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, just like, it's huge. I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah. Other than, yeah, if you want it a little quieter, sit over here. I mean, it's just, that's the way it is. But anyway. Yeah. And that's, you know, that it's another kind of uh, little hack is, you know, everybody strives to like, ah, oh, you need to get a perfect response at every seat in the location. It's like, yeah, yeah no but yeah. I'm kind of okay with inconsistency on seats because then you kind of find, oh, I know that area in general, there's like no low end. So maybe sit over there right. if you're sensitive to low end. You, right. you kind of yep. learn, you can kind of help people yeah. out a little bit. 
Yeah, I love that we, I mean, we worked really hard for consistency in every seat, but there was something really nice about saying it's quieter, like under here. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> yeah. it still sounds great, but yeah, you'll love me if, uh, if you sit back here. So yeah. um, anyway, it's, oh, it's so good. Hey, uh, I feel like we could keep talking, but yeah. uh, we're sort of at time. We'll have yeah. to have another uh, whole discussion about uh, room design and... <laughs> Uh, we were talking about before I hit record that, you know, we, yeah, you can plan for the perfect space, but you never know until right. you're in there. So that feels like we could pick that topic up uh, yeah. the next time. Yeah, man. No, this has been awesome. It's, it's super yeah. fun. Super fun chopping yeah. it up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, thanks for your time. And yeah, happy one month anniversary of our friendship. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it feels yeah, like, yeah, feels we'll like to- a decade. <laughs> I mean that in the best totally. of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> oh, and I love it. All right. Thanks for joining us. Yep. Thank you. What a good conversation. For me, the biggest takeaway was about how important relationships are in achieving a great mix. I mean, whether that's the relationship with the people in the band or with the folks behind the console, the key to a consistent mix is relationships. I mean, it feels counterintuitive, but man, I love it. As tech people, myself included, I naturally gravitate toward figuring out some new tech thing or spending my time researching the next big technology trend. And while that's important, Spending time building relationships with the people on our teams is probably the best way we can invest our time. You know, without relationships, the people on our teams become about what we need from them instead of we get to do this life together and serving on Sundays is just a part of that. And yeah, I just love whether it's the relationship with the people in the band, you know, that you're getting good tone from them comes from a relationship. If it's the audio team you're trying to build or any team you're trying to build, it's about relationship with them. And especially if you're working at a multi-site campus, you know, getting consistency across all campuses. I mean, Jesse said it, it's about relationship and he never regretted spending time with people. Um, Yeah, I just love that. If you wanna learn more specifics about how Jesse approaches mixing beyond the relationship, you can find a link in the show notes for his breakout from this past year's Philo conference. It was called Binging on Broadcast. All right, you can follow us on social media at Philo Community on Facebook and Instagram and at Philo Conference on Twitter. You can consider subscribing to our newsletter on philo.org or just subscribe to this podcast to stay up to date on all the things that we have going on here at Philo. All right, it's been good to be with you and see you next time. Bye.